This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. Hey, guys, I have a joke for you. Yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm so ready. Okay, uh, an Eskimo brings his friend to his home for a visit, and when they arrive, his, friends a- his friend asks, Hey, uh, where's your igloo? And then the friend replies, <laughs> Hold on, let's start that over. <laughs> no, it's good. Keep going, Jacob. What's the friend reply? Keep going. The friend replies, what? Oh, no, I must have left the iron on. <laughs> wow yeah, yeah there it is that's really funny actually yeah, yeah. I, like yeah. That. Yeah. I mean you got a laugh out of us i totally made that up myself and didn't find it on the internet it's original <laughs> completely um, jacob original welcome to bacon cell i'm joel i'm kent and i'm jacob the teller of jokes and we would like to thank you for listening to our soda tearing show in fact coke jake products is drinking a orange vanilla I'd coke actually, right now i'd actually like to orange make vanilla a con- coke zero i'd like to make an announcement sure. if you would I purchased, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This is the first bottled Coca-Cola product that I have ever bought willingly. Ever? Yes. Really? Yes. Why True story. Uh, I don't I don't like Coke products, actually. Or, I mean, Coca-Cola. Like, yeah. I don't like Oh, when you say Coke, you mean, you mean like a Coca-Cola drink? Yes, yes. This, like is a Coke Coke, this is a Coke Zero in orange vanilla. I have never... So it's tainted in like three different ways, by the way. So, zero, vanilla, orange? Yeah, it's not just Coca-Cola. I, the Zero is cool by me. I don't want the sugar. Sugar makes me feel sick. The orange vanilla, I was like, I'm intrigued. And? Uh, the, it's Okay. <laughs> it's like, pretty tasty. That's a Jake review. Great. Like tier two? It's tier two for sure. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's what it was the whole time. Well, we had a couple different people uh, give their opinions about the soda show for good or for bad, yeah. whatever they thought of it. Uh, Henry Taylor on Twitter said, also regarding Mountain Dew versus Mellow Yellow, my favorite is the Save-A-Lot brand, my Save-A-Lot brand knockoff brand, uh. Mountain Holler. Ah, Mountain Holler? Have you guys ever heard of Mountain Holler? Holler. I need to have it now. He apparently. Says it, has, yeah, it has a more orange taste compared to Mountain Dew. I'm intrigued. Mountain so I was like, Mountain Holler. Holler. Sure. Okay. Uh, Justin Edward Griffin said, Mountain Dew is the best. No contest. Mr. Pip and Mellow Yellow are awful. And, okay. Uh, then Mark Peterson actually recommended one called LNP. It's world famous in New Zealand. Did he say that too? He did. That was the weirdest thing ever. Like, that's what's on the can is world famous in New Zealand. That's you, what it says you, on the can? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. they had it. it in Australia. I like uh-huh. it now. Though. And everyone was like, oh, try this lemonade. That's all it is. It's like a fizzy lemonade. No, it's just lemonade. There's nothing oh, great not? about it. It's, it's kind of, but barely. Well, it'll have to be World famous in a very small pocket where they filmed Lord of the Rings. But that's all it is. They're drinking LMP. Yeah, Lord that's it. The orcs on their break are like popping a, he, a and cap he off of LMP. Absolutely. Yeah. And then also uh, Debbie Cartmill Foster said, I told myself when I heard the pumpkin spice episode that Joel must be a super taster. Thank you, Debbie. Oh, thank you. My word. So I can basically say my burden. Everyone said <laughs> that the freestyle machines, they are not listener approved. No, one they're big cell approved. No, it doesn't. The listener is the most important here. And uh, they are very important. Uh, Speaking of listeners. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> have, here. we have two new patrons we're going to give a shout out Woo-hoo. to, uh, including Colton Cook. Yeah. Hey, Colton. Hey, Welcome, Colton. Thank you for being, he's a I am the listener level patron. Holy cow. And That's thank awesome, you, man. Thanks. Colton, you rock. And also Jennifer Kilkowski. Yeah, Jennifer, she's so, super great. She's also an I am the listener patron. Honestly, holy cow. Patron. Tier one name, by the way. Kilkowski? Yeah, I love that. It's really yeah. fun to say. It is. Jennifer yeah. Kilkowski. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels like a fictional name, like a cool name, like she's got a secret identity. I already wrote fan fiction, and her, she's in it. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm and not, Colton I don't blame Cook you too, all. because oh, he's the in alliteration. Too. Okay, Colton yeah. Cook, he's a superhero. Yes, and Jeffrey Kukowski's the femme fatale. <laughs> Sorry, patrons. It writes itself. <laughs> We're writing stories about you when you come, patrons. Oh my gosh, that should be a, a perk. So we do <laughs> also have something big coming up very, very soon uh, for patrons and everyone this Saturday, actually. Yeah. 
Uh, it is going to be Quick Wits Night, uh, or no, <laughs> Bake It Sell Night at Quick Wits. That's it. Wow. If you come to the Midville uh, Performing Arts Center, which is, let me get the address here, 695 West Center Street, Midville, Utah, 84047. Perfect. This, this Saturday, uh, November 16th, we are going to be there at 10 o'clock. Performing. Well, I'll be there. Would you performing. say be there by ten to get your seat? Yeah, I'd say like you know if you're, if you're there at nine forty five, nine fifty, you're going to be fine. Like yeah. you, sh- you should be fine. But there's no reserved seating. You just come in and sit down. Yeah, exactly. So you come and sit down and uh, enjoy an improv yeah, comedy it's a low show. Low key place. If you've never seen it, it's similar to whose line is it anyway? Yeah, it's we, a very cool better, experience because Joel's in it. Yeah, seriously, listener, if you've never been to improv, you need to mark this off. Like, get it off your bucket list. He's no Wayne Brady. Improv <laughs> life. He's way better. Yeah. But he's maybe like, like a Greg Proops, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, you're like a Kirkland we, Wayne Brady. We all know who <laughs> these people are. All of us. Um, <laughs> so but yes. Also, we're meeting beforehand just for a little bit. Yeah. If you want to, that's things. We're going to be there a little bit early. Not at the Quickwits. We're actually going to be over at Culver's, which is nearby. In fact, when you get off the exit for Quickwits at the seventeen hundred South exit, there's a Culver's like right there by the light. You'll be able to yeah. see it pretty easily. Come and get a shake or whatever. Dennis is seventy one sixty five South Bingham Junction Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Okay, so you can come get some ice cream, get a butter burger, whatever you want there. We're going to be there, just kind of hanging out in a very informal, nothing organized fashion. The yes. customers pretty good. Come get some tier two food. It's <laughs> <laughs> just tier two to unite. <laughs> come find us because you know you might show up or we may show up and be like, hey, is anyone here for bacon cell? Just come oh, yes. say hi. Please, please come Seriously. find us because last time we did the bacon cell at uh, Quick Wits. We went to Leatherby's mm-hmm. and we didn't know who was there for us and who wasn't. So oh, we that was that was the same thing at the show where like we didn't know who to talk to because we yeah. weren't sure. And then it turned out that a lot of you were. So come like, up to talk yeah. to us and let us know I'm here for Bacon Cell. And then we can initiate a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to meet you. Because we don't want to be creepers walking up to people and be like, well, you're probably here for us, aren't you? I always think that anyways. <laughs> That's probably true. That's yeah. how you get half your dates, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. So yes, just to <laughs> hey, recap. Were you here to meet me? Uh, we <laughs> we will be cream. at Culver's <laughs> in Midvale uh, around nine o'clock. And then at 10 o'clock, the show begins at Quick Wits, and you can come to either or both. Mm-hmm. It's, it, we're fine by that. And, you know, we'll hang out after, take a picture together, like a group photo like we did last year. Yeah. A lot of fun. And come just see an improv show. It'll be good. And Bacon Sale fans, do you get two for one? And Bacon Council members, you get two free tickets. Two free tickets. Just mention Bacon Sale, two for one, yeah. So there we go. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Jacob? Today we're talking about the literal best decade for movie comedies of all time. That's, no, that's a different. I think that's, that's what Kent was wrong. telling me before. That is a loaded question, different show. Because Jay. I would say How it was the worst you. decade for comedies of oh. all time. So the comedies, I, I guess this debatable. is up for debate. We'll see the comedies of the 2010s. Were there comedies? We're continuing that came the theme out? of what, Jacob? What's the name of the show? <laughs> what do you mean? Do the song. Oh, the decade dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, we're doing another decade dance of 2010 <laughs> to 2019, but we did horror movies back in October. Yep. It's no longer October. We're not doing scary movies. So what are we doing, Jacob? Comedies. 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 Decade dance. <laughs> it's so fun to say. It is fun to say. <laughs> say it along at home. Good job. Are you like Dora, Dora now? On delay. So Kent and I went through 2010 to 2019 to look for the best possible comedies that were out there and came up with a list of 10 favorites. Yes. And then I questioned everything I knew about those 10 favorites and I threw them out and then I, I made another 10 favorites and I threw wow. them out. Why were you crying today? These are my babies. Yeah, Your babies? He, you like, care about these movies? I'm saying comedies is my thing. Like, I love oh, okay, comedies. Okay, Because I, I was looking at the best ones of the decade and I was like, oh crap, what are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> well, there's... And I kept telling Kent, I'm like, okay, I think, I think I'm good with my list. And I'd be like, five minutes later, I hate my list. I hate it. Well, 
That's crazy. Here's where a lot of the issues come in is because there are so many multiple genres throughout like horror and comedy. Action I, I do want to know comedy. how are we dividing this? Drama up? and comedy. We just went very scientific and decided for ourselves. We, Basically, yeah. wait, wait, is it straight comedy only or action no, comedy in included? Fact, action comedies are in there too because what we decided was if when you tell people about the movie, what do you say about it? Because like there's some movies that I, I tell people about that are technically comedies. But I'm not talking about the comedy. I'm talking about this really cool action sequence. Yes. Or so, like when I say, like when when Thor Ragnarok came out, and Kent's like, "This isn't this isn't a great superhero movie." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's a really fun comedy." It would be a comedy. I'd right? say that's like seventy percent comedy, thirty percent action. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. That and I, I enjoyed it for that reason. But that's what it is. It doesn't hit those other things. So right. like, would something like that count? Yes. Okay. That would be on so. the comedy list. There are times where, like, I may choose some very dramatic movies, and people go, "Oh, it's kind of a sad movie where lots of dark things happen." I'm like, "Yeah, but the moments that really made me guffaw, like, are they're plentiful." It was hilarious so. when the grandma died. Ha ha ha! ha. <laughs> I'm Kent. Things Kent <laughs> what? says. That's a quote by me, probably. Mm. So yeah, and then I get, I got to the end, and I'm like, Kent, what if I include this one? And he's like, Well, you could include that one, but then we're not going to be able to include it on this other list. And I'm like, Ah, because we're not doing crossovers with like an action movie show, oh, for example. Right, 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 once, right. Once we use it, it's done. For so, example, like, we already talked about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, that's what I was just going to say. So that one can't woods. be there. Yeah, yeah okay. and, both, both and they should be comedies, comedies, but they do fit more in the horror genre. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So we went through, and yeah, we're going to go through our ten picks. And I'm semi-happy with the way my list ended up. But well, Joel also has like 90 honorable mentions I just because he has so many babies, just like his real kids. That's what he told me. I think he, he doesn't want to leave had, any out. I think he said he had 57 honorable 27. mentions. 27. I, I literally had 27 Ridiculous. honorable mentions and I had to chop that down to about 60. Would you say this decade has been great for comedy or just a new oh, kind I of comedy? I love that you guys are on the each, each end of the spectrum on this. I think yeah. that to me, I wouldn't say great comedies, but I would say interesting experiments in comedy. Like... I don't know. Is the traditional straightforward comedy done with? Because all these comedies seem to be kind of a twist on that. Well, because you think about like the 90s and you had like the Farrelly Brothers, for example. Yeah, with the Dumb and Dumber. 2000s, you had some crass comedy with comeback with uh, uh, Judd Apatow. Yeah. And now in 2010, you can't really offend anyone. No. And so what, what does comedies become? Or can you offend everyone? You can't. No, you can't. The answer is no. You can. Everyone can oh, be offended now. Yes, everyone will be offended, yeah, 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 yeah. but you're not supposed to try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that's the thing is comedy's become very, I don't want to say safe, but sanitized. Mm -hmm. And so people are finding different ways to do comedy. And that's why I think there's some very interesting players on here because they had to do something different. Yes. So should we just jump into it? Let's jump into Let's it. Let's do it. And I, I want to clarify again, I'm not saying these are the best comedies. <laughs> I'm saying these are my favorite comedies. Just own it, Joel. Just own uh, it. All right. So, so what do you think is the number ten best comedy of the twenty tens, Joel? <laughs> I hate starting off like this, but I'm going to go for it. Okay. My number ten is actually <gasps> Moana. What? Yeah. So here's the thing. What? what? We are not. <laughs> we are not doing. You can't use this in another list. We're not doing an animated list. You don't know that. We do. We only have so many shows for the end of the season, Jacob. Okay. So we're doing the hmm. we're doing the decade dance at the end of the season, and I chose Moana because I thought about all the Disney shows, all the animated shows, and which one I felt was one of the better. So you wanted a good features. representation of animated movies to show up on that the list. That was also funny. I get that. So I chose Moana. Now, if you don't know, so that, you really did mean it when the grandma died. You loved it. <laughs> that was me. That was you. That's you. <laughs> that was you. Uh huh. But I thought about what made me laugh in this movie, and I loved the interaction between Moana and Maui. I love Moana getting angry and yelling at the ocean that the fish be in you all day long. I think uh, I think uh, Ali Carvalho is an amazing actress and a singer. Like yeah, in the what she was able to do and the chicken, 
I like uh, Hey the Chicken. I, hey, I got hey, a kick out of that. Hey, so hey, there, I mean, there were a bunch of different movies that come on here, and this was obviously a huge success too. But also Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I, I can't just call him Dwayne Johnson. That sounds yeah, so no, weird. you can't. But he was so entertaining as Maui as this cocky jerk. Mm-hmm. And then I was also impressed that he could actually sing. Like this was a movie that I kind of eh, kind of didn't see when it was out in theaters. Yeah. Didn't really care. It has now become an integral part of my family life. Really, where my daughters love it. My daughter literally has a heart of Tefiti necklace and little Moana doll that she plays with. We sing Shiny quite regularly in the house and and You're Welcome. It's become part of my life and I, I really do enjoy this movie. Uh, so my question is, out of any Disney or Pixar movie that have, that have come out in the past 10 years, is this the top? Is this the funniest? Well, it, it must be the funniest. I would say yes. Okay. Is I it think, the top think, period though? Last of, Disney, of Disney? Yeah. Probably for me, yeah. You wow, forget yeah. that the good dinosaur came out this decade, Yeah, Joel. clearly you forgot that. The jokes about irrigation were hilarious. <laughs> this is, by the way, some fun facts. This actually is the 56th Disney animated feature film, and it was one of the few years where Disney released two animated features in the same year, being Zootopia and this one. Mm-hmm. It received two Academy Award nominations uh, for the Best Original Song and Best Animated Feature. It lost to Zootopia for Best Animated Feature. And then it lost to La La Land for Best Original Song for City of Stars, which, wow. was, yeah. which was the best song in La La Land. Yeah. I take Moana over Zootopia, though, I think. Yeah, yeah for also, sure. I found out that uh, Taika Waititi actually wrote the initial screenplay for this movie, but then he got he went off to do What We Do in the Shadows, and it kind oh, of Oh, yeah, he did a couple of jokes about so, shakes, shake away. So he made, that's that's funny. He made the joke that He made the joke that what was left of his original draft was Exterior Ocean Day. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think hey, it's, it's he's world a, famous in New Zealand. He is. Mm-hmm. This is not, by the way, this isn't a knee slapping comedy, but it's clever and witty and made me laugh a bunch. And I, I just thought it needed a shout out. That's so, cool. That's a that's there you go. way to think out of the box. Moana is my number 10. OK. All right, Kent. My number 10 is The World's End. Oh, the Amen. third in the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Yes, the Cornetto trilogy. It's hilarious when the zombies are coming and kill them. Uh, there's aliens, but Jake, aliens. Jake hasn't seen the movie. Aliens. I saw it. So if you haven't seen this movie from 2013, the synopsis is five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. Should I have given a synopsis for Moana? Or? A people <laughs> who hasn't seen that 70 times. Yeah, that's true. This is directed by, like we said, Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. This is his third with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Can I ask you a question? Yes. In the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, the Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. what's your three in order? It is Hot Fuzz. Number one. Shaun of the Dead, right under. And then a pretty big gap to the world's end. Okay. But it still makes my number 10 spot for the decade. For the I decade, decade dance. Decade dance. Decade dance. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it as good as you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why this movie rings out to me is I saw it once. I went, there's some parts that really got me. For example, like the bathroom brawl. That's when they're really fighting cool. like the alien robots and limbs are coming off and it's just... It sounds so ridiculous when you so say intense. alien robots. Yeah, but it, it works for some reason. But you see this movie again and I was a little disappointed. But every time I've seen this movie, which is about five times now, there are new layers to understand. we got to find you more movies to watch. Honestly. No, I find the ones that are great and dedicate time to them. I see. Right. Yeah. And so... I thought that, that were okay, and then you dedicate time, and then you like them more. Yeah. And, and honestly, with this one, because mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I didn't see something that I love about Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. because I didn't. And it's still, it's the lowest of the three, but it's, it's a brilliant movie. Like for like the editing in this movie, everything, it's just so... Clever and really, it's not like funny, haha, except for a few uh, like action scenes, but like who the characters are. Like, it, well, 
Yes. They're playing expectations, too. Yes. Like normally, uh, Nick Frost is, is the slouchy friend, mm-hmm. and Simon Pegg is the on-the-ball cool guy, right. quote-unquote. And this one, they flip it, where Simon Pegg is kind of a jerk, and Nick Frost is like this straight-laced character, which I thought was fun to see. Yes. And it's this thing where they're talking about like their childhood. They mirror everything from, what, 30 years earlier, and it's these friends saying, let's go to this small town, and it's a commentary of who you used to be and how you can't hold on to it anymore. But they, they think about the small town and everyone that's, that was there is stuck basically in freeze frame. And it's a you know, reference to like the aliens having taken over and everyone really is stuck yeah. where they are. But it's just a commentary of that um, addiction, which I know isn't funny, but for some reason it so plays out really well it's here. very funny. <laughs> and Simon Peck's character in this is really layered. And I think it's more just clever what I like about this. And also every single bar they go to, every pub has a name that is unique to the story itself. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It deserves to be seen at least twice if you've only seen it once. Like the action's fun. The dialogue is great. The editing really sells it. Well, so, you're right. It's going to be good editing. Yeah, it, it's great. And once again, this is probably lower on my Edgar Wright movie lists, but still, All right. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I put Shaun of the Dead obviously as my number one. Yes. Uh, Hot Fuzz didn't I didn't love as a lot of other people, but I still really enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and this is the same where it's kind of like it's good. It's and, good. and much it's like good. those movies, so Shaun of the Dead take on zombie movies, Hot Fuzz on buddy cop movies. Essentially, yep. this one is more like Stepford Wives and The Thing. Yeah. Hey, kid, what's the next one? You're so number nine. My next one is a uh, kind of a coming of age story, and it's not hilarious, but to me, it's I knew it. so hilarious. I knew it. It's eighth grade. Eighth grade. It's really? eighth grade. Yeah. I knew you were going to pick that one. You really did? I did. It's a different kind of funny. Like, this is one that funny, I like, struggle oh, with. Gucci. Yeah, Gucci. It's I struggle with picking it. So if you don't know about the movie, an introverted teenage girl tries to survive the last week of her disastrous eighth grade year before leaving to start high school. Directed by stand-up comedian Bo Burnham. Save it for our awkward indie coming-of-age movies. I, well, that's going to be the show. Decade dance, coming-of-age movies. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I've never been this character in eighth You've never grade. been an eighth grade girl? I've never been an eighth grade girl, but I was this <laughs> Jacob, awkward. how was it for you? Debatable. <laughs> I was this awkward. I've spoken so many times about the pool scene where mm-hmm. she's standing there invited to a birthday party that Such no one wanted scene. her at. It's almost like the UK's version of The Office where you watch a character like David Brent mm-hmm. really try to just struggle through a conversation and you cringe. You're like, ah, oh, I, I feel bad for everyone there. This is how I felt during the, this movie where you're like, oh, Please, this well, is so embarrassing. I was going to comment that the laughter I had in this movie wasn't a lot of, haha, that's funny. It was more mm-hmm. like, oh, oh no, oh no, this is the worst situation. Yes. Like it was just that yeah. nervous kind of laughter. Well, after I saw it, I saw it the first time and I, next time I talked to Kent, I'm like, Kent, eighth grade? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, the pool scene? He's like, the pool scene. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's like, how we talk. Well, yes. Well, it's not like, uh, here's the thing. It's not like, uh, I want to I clarify. That this is not like a meet the parents thing where no, every possibly no, no, no. bad thing that could happen does happen. Not at all. This is super realistic and super relatable where you're watching this and you're like, I can feel what she's you, feeling you right feel now. You feel the awkwardness, the anxiety, the embarrassment. It's all part of the human experience that we've all yeah. been through. And Everyone I, was insecure in junior high. I absolutely love Like she was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the my main girl, I can't remember her name right now. Elsie Fisher. Yeah, Elsie Fisher was great. But the dad. Josh I Hamilton. I really yeah. liked the dad mm-hmm. because he wasn't like, I was worried they were going to turn him into like this cookie cutter or stereotype of dad in indie movies yeah he was so real what works here is everything that didn't work for me in a movie like easy a where in a movie like that 
everyone speaks as Did if you make they're... that sound, Joel? Yeah, I don't yeah, that was that Joel. Oh, wow. Everyone speaks as if they're a 45-year-old screenwriter. They're all giving TED Talks about how funny they are. In this movie, she's a real eighth grader. She's not prolific. She doesn't have the best comeback. She's awkward, and it's amazing. And I do want to give a review I found on uh, IMDb about please, this movie. Please do. This is from Crush and Russian. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. <laughs> this movie is for loner. The movie has such a high rating. It is about students that don't know how to make friends and have a lack of confidence. If you're a loner, this is for you. Crush and Russian. That's Thanks, the Arnold. joke. <laughs> That's the joke. How many uh, likes did that have? How many people found that helpful? One. It was oh. Crush and Russian. Oh, he found himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people have seen this based on our recommendations from last year. Yes. I find this movie funny, but not funny. Ha ha. Like funny. I've been there. Yeah. I understand. And content wise, I was going to say that is an R rating because of language mostly. There is some awkward scenes. There's an awkward, two awkward scenes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, it's available. I, I saw it on VidAngel. I think it's on ClearPlay too. I can't mm-hmm. remember which, but yeah. So my number nine, I cheated and I put two movies, but what they both came out in this year and they are the same story basically. It is Paddington and Paddington 2. Okay, I'll give it to you. They came out in the same year? Uh, well, they came out in the same decade. Decade, okay. Decade yes. dance. <laughs> so uh, Paddington came out in 2014. Paddington 2 came out in 2017. Uh, Paddington, if you don't know the story, it's about a, a bear who can talk, who comes to London and lives with a family, and has kind of a misunderstanding of how things work. Did you watch this immediately, or did you resist watching this for a long time? I didn't care. About Neither. Paddington. Like, growing up, I thought Paddington was so boring. I didn't care oh, about Paddington. Boring British story. Yeah. yeah. It was so dry, and I just was like, eh, whatever, you know. I I'm still avoided it garbage. for that reason, even though yeah. you guys love it, and so does everyone else. Have so, you seen it yet? No. But here's should. the thing. I'll tell you what it was, Jacob. It was when I read an article about the highest rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes, back when I cared about Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, but, and Paddington 2 was the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. 100, let me see if I can find the thing here. What? 100% with 235 reviews. It went the longest without getting a negative review. Wow. Everyone liked it. So this still holds the record for most positive reviews before a negative review because it never got a negative review. So this movie is just a surprising delight. Like when I, because I was like, okay, Paddington 2 got this high rating. I don't want to Mm -hmm. start with the second one. I got to watch the first one. Yeah. I loved it. I watched the first one. I'm like, this is so good. It warms my freaking heart. It is one of the most uplifting it, movies. It, it, it warms your cold chest cavity. Yeah, it did. my freaking cold too. chest cavity. Well, mine's uh, not cold, but yes, I, I, I had a grin on my face Fine, the entire I'll time. Watch it. I laughed out loud. I've never been a fan of Paddington Bear, but it's undeniably charming. Well, yeah, it's just so charming. And then there are musical numbers, and some of the villainous uh, turns by Hugh Grant yes. or Nicole Kidman are funny. That's just it. So Nicole Kidman is the villain in number one, mm-hmm. and she is having so much fun yes. being evil. And then Hugh Grant is the villain number two, and he is hilarious. Playing himself, I guess. Pretty much. It's kind of, well, he's a washed up actor. <laughs> Looking for relevancy, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, it, these movies both did great at the box office. They were both you know, successful, obviously critically, as I mentioned before. But it's just so likable that it was impossible for me to not include this because it caught me by surprise. Mm-hmm. And I've recommended it to a number of people afterwards because I was so like enthralled by it. Yes. I'm not saying this is like the best movie I've ever seen, but I'm like, it's uh, it's impossible to watch this movie and not at least just feel warm inside. I agree. So Paddington and Paddington 2, both of them. Great choices. Watch them with your family. Yeah. I think they're on clear play. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as, yeah. As if you need it. The marmalade jokes it. get real dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I feel it's like they squeaky, could. Honestly. They could. And actually, I'm going to stop there. squeaky clean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Paddington and Paddington 2. That was my number nine. All right. What's your number eight? All my right. number eight is one Kent is not going to agree with, but let's face it. Kent's not going to agree with a lot of my list. Mm-hmm. I chose a movie from 2000, another animated movie, actually, from 2014. Sausage it's, Party. 
No. Oh, mercy. Uh, <laughs> it's actually it's a Lego movie. Oh, okay. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. No, actually, so it made me laugh quite a bit. It, okay, so I think that this movie, uh, only about maybe three out of every six jokes land, but they are swinging for the fences they on are. this one. Mm-hmm. And everything is just so Couldn't over you just the say and one and two jokes land? Uh, no. Three and six. Because I, I counted. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Fractions. <laughs> uh, but I was, no, this is I, a good choice. But this wanna, makes, this I, makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I yeah. wanted to emphasize there were a lot of jokes in this. So if you don't know the Lego movie story, <laughs> an ordinary Lego construction worker thought to be prophesied as special is, re, is recruited to join a quest to stop an evil tyrant from gluing the Lego universe into eternal stasis. And this is directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who did mm-hmm. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and 21 Jump Street. Their comedy, like they can do super, super squeaky and they can do horrible raunchy too. They should do a Star Wars movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this one uh, is one that I watched because I was like, eh, you know, my kids like Legos. We'll mm-hmm. watch it. I totally bought what a shock. this movie. Yeah. It was so much fun. And the animation was so much fun because even when there's like an explosion or a splash of water, it's Legos. Yes. Like they, they make it look like it's stop motion, even though it's obviously computer generated because there's so much they're able to I do with it. I do this. hate what it's created as far as Lego Batman and Lego Movie 2 and whatnot. Lego or Movie Ninjago. 2 was good. I didn't see Ninjago. Batman was was fine. Like, yeah. I, I, but I, this is definitely the standout This winner. is. Absolutely. And I think that the voice acting with the... Chris Pratt is obviously really funny, but I also really like Alison Brie as Unikitty mm-hmm. and Nick Offerman and Liam Neeson, Morgan Freeman, Charlie Day. Charlie Day, yeah. Like they all have it's such quite a good, cast. They're all having a great time with it. I mean, well, then they get, there's a part in like a movie when they have like every character there. Like you're looking at like Harry Potter characters and yeah, and all the DC Justice League. Yeah. yeah. And I love they were able to bring all that together. And then I also am a big fan of uh, Everything is Awesome. Yeah. That song, which was originally intended to annoy people and get as an earworm in their ear, has Works. become. A literal favorite song of mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, success. Yeah. Everything is awesome, which was nominated for an Academy Award, but lost to Glory from Selma, which is another earworm. I can't get Glory from Selma out of my <laughs> Hold head. Hold on. Uh, what? Nope. Nope. Mm. It's by Common, I think. And, and uh, Jake, could you sing it real quick? Glory! That's not it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm pretty sure that's the one. Is it yeah. a different one? It's the one that's like, Glory! You know Instead of an earworm, it became glory, a drill. Glory. I don't know how. Do you want to know why this one deserved a mention from me, though? Why? Because it was not even nominated for Best Animated Feature. What? The Box Trolls was. Song of the Sea was. Tale of Princess Kaguya was. How to Train Your Dragon Part 2 was. Kent loves all of those you just mentioned. And Big Actually, he- those and are all probably better than Big Hero <laughs> 6. <laughs> Big Hero 6 won. I knew it. Oh, I don't like Big Hero 6. But Lego Movie didn't even get nominated. When That's it was, crazy. That, that is, is actually crazy. crazy. That, that is crazy. Yeah. So I wanted to mention it here as my number eight, the Lego Movie. Best com- eight Number eight, best my favorite comedy of 2010, 2019. Love it. All right, Kent, where are you at? My number eight is from 2011, and it's Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Yes. Yeah, you're always talking about bridesmaids, right, Joel? I love it. Constantly talking about bridesmaids. All the time. I think when I generally talk about it, I'm like, it's about 30 minutes too long. But it is funny. If you haven't seen Bridesmaids, competition between the maid of honor and a bridesmaids over who is the bride's best friend threatens to upset the life of an out of work pastry chef. Directed by Paul Feig. Feig? Feig? I think it's Feig. Yep. Starring Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, and Melissa McCarthy. Rose Byrne is absolutely hilarious in this movie. She is. It's and, such and I, a good turn. This is actually peak Kristen Wiig, too, when she's like, because she's done a lot of this movies. This is peak everybody. It's peak everybody. It's peak Melissa McCarthy. It is. It is. Although you might say Gilmore Girls. Well, so Suki is a great character. Yeah. She's not a particularly like, it's totally it's not, different. Yeah, it's not hilarious. So she came, this is like, this was her breakout role, too. She came out of the box doing this one mm-hmm. and people were like, whoa, she's really funny. And then she got stuck in that character for every movie since. Yes. Basically. What do you mean? 
Oh, wait. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think why this works is... Hey, she wasn't a drama last year. This was co-written by Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. And she just has this, in this movie, a subtle form of comedy. Yeah. Where it's really just about best friends. Yeah. And the conversations they have, whether they're in the coffee shop or whatever, it just really works. They And they are real friends, but they seem like best friends as yeah. characters, not just the actors. Yeah. The, the, there's obviously the scene that gets everybody... When they're in the wedding dresses. Yes, there's a there's a lot of vulgarity and, and potty humor in this movie, but it is available also, I believe, on Claire Play yeah, Joel. No, watch this scene unedited because it is that funny. And you can adjust the filters on those to yes. see kind of thing. But when this decade is talked about with comedies, Bridesmaids will be mentioned, regardless. I agree. Because it is that good. It's really good. Makes sense. Yes. Next one, number seven. Number seven is also from last year, uh, much like eighth grade, and it's game night. Game night. Game night is one that I forget about, and, and I actually forgot about this one on the list. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm not really satisfied with my list. Like, I'm missing something big. And I thought of game, game night, and I felt guilty for having left it off. Right. Uh, game night is one that I remember when this was screened. And, oh, by the way, the synopsis is, a group of friends who meet regularly for game nights find themselves entangled in a real-life mystery when the shady brother of one of them is seemingly kidnapped by, da- by dangerous gangsters. <laughs> Surprisingly watchable and funny. Yeah. So this one was screened, and I was like, I just saw Tack. And I said, you know what? These R-rated comedies, they don't really High work for me. Comedies, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a, yeah, simple concept should be a short film at best. They're, they don't work for me anymore. There are great parts to each, but I said, I don't really want to see this one. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I didn't go see this one. I didn't see the screening. Right. I saw it on video about four or five months later. Probably on your recommendation, Joel. Well, because I, I do freelance writing for Clearplay. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things they, they said, they, they throw me these random movies occasionally. Like, hey, review this one. It's coming out. And I remember I was like, game night. I watched the trailer and I'm like, whatever. Yeah, Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams. I ended up really enjoying it. Yes. I, I told so many people about it after. I'm like, you got to see this movie. Like, it's a mid, mid-budget mid comedy that shouldn't have been anything special, but somehow was. And a lot of it has to do with Jesse Plemons. But. Yes. Well, so it's directed and written by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. They just do a great job here. And there are actual villains and stakes in here. That's not what you remember. You, re- you remember Jesse Plemons as yeah. Gary. And like... I could quote. He kills it. I could quote a lot of this stuff on this show, and it's going to ruin it. Well, the problem is, like with the horror show, you can say it's scary, but if you try to yes. explain why it's scary, it's not scary anymore. Same with these comedies. We could give lines and say why it's funny, but out of context, it's not going to be as funny. Yeah. The worst thing you can do with a joke is explain. That's it. true. So I'm not going to give a quote, but just you give a quote. But I'm just saying him just kind preparing. of standing there, holding the dog, and just be feeling judged, but also judging for not being invited to this game night is yeah. the best thing ever. It's just the look he has. It's really funny. Well, he's got an awkward face anyway. Right? Yeah. And he really plays it up in this. Like, he can play kind of like a regular guy or anything he else. He's an actor, you know? Like, I've seen him in other stuff. But, man, he but it's really like works his, his awkwardness into this. And yeah. it's so natural. Yeah. But just, you know, this movie is preposterous. Like, so many dumb things do happen. There's it, so much slapstick. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's the comedic timing that elevates the slapstick. Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman... They, they should play a couple in another movie. They really should. They really work well together. Yeah, I hope she's in Clue because Jason Bateman is directing that one. Oh, that's right. Uh, it is just so funny. And the, so many sight gags really just stands out. I completely uh, agree. Yeah, yeah, just hilarious. Cool. Yeah. yeah, good choice. Uh, my number seven is going to be the first one that I think Kent's going to agree with. He's agreed sort of uh, before. But I mean, this, sort is, of, this, yeah. is def- this is definitely a Kent pick. It's 2012, stars Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. It's Silver Linings Playbook. Great choice. So Silver Lady's yeah. playing up. Let me read the synopsis here. After a stint in a mental institution, 
Former teacher Pat Solitano moves back in with his parents and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of her own. And this is directed by David O. Russell, who did The Fighter and American Hustle. Mm-hmm. And Jack- Robert De Niro's in this, Jackie Weaver's in this, Chris Tucker's in this. Can I ask you what elevates this, the comedy over the drama aspect of this movie? Well, because my, my review there's of this... some very dramatic stuff in oh, here. Oh, some crazy drama in yes. this. Yes. But I thought about what I... What I love about this is the awkward interactions of these two broken people who are just trying to help each other become a whole. Mm -hmm. It's like a romantic comedy, but I don't want to lump it in with all the other romantic comedy genre. Yeah, nor should you. This is like a unique... This is technically a romantic comedy, but it's like a unique romantic comedy. It doesn't have... like, And then it's an indie film, but it doesn't have that like quirky, super quirky indie film feel. Yes. Uh, This is before Jennifer Lawrence kind of blew up. Mm -hmm. And so this is a surprising role for me when I saw it. Bradley Cooper, his role in this, he's playing this kind of weird, weird type for him. Yes. But this movie, I laughed a lot, especially the, I I really enjoy the ending as well. Mm -hmm. But there's some, there is some drama in here. Like you said, there's some serious parts and it literally is a movie about mental illness, which is not something that people should laugh at. And you're not laughing at them, but it's just the situations these two put themselves in the way they interact with each other because neither one of them are socially very good. Right. And the way they talk to each other, the dialogue is fantastic in this movie. I wish I could see them in another movie by David O. Russell. Because I feel like this whole I thing was handled really in, well. in six other movies with <laughs> David O. Russell. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Just six. Just six. So stop there, though, About please. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not get crazy. Uh, this got six eight, is fine. This got eight Oscar nominations. Uh, and Jennifer Lawrence did win Academy Award for Best Actress in this movie. It originally was supposed to be Vince Vaughn and Zooey Deschanel in the main roles. Which would have been a, a com- dancing couple? Apparently. He's like seven foot nine. And Can I just not watch Vince Vaughn in anything? <laughs> also, <laughs> ever? that'd be great. Also, Swingers and Hathaway uh, was actually I mean, scheduled anymore. to do it, but she dropped out for The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, uh, or she had scheduling conflicts. And Mark Wahlberg was also going to be working in this role as the. It, it could have been Mark Wahlberg and Anne Hathaway, or it seems Vince like it would have been Chanel. too overly serious because I feel like the wryness of Bradley Cooper is what makes this more of a comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 his self confidence mm-hmm. at being so broken like i don't know it's even so the way good. this is shot where it will pan down to his hands and you can see him fidgeting yeah right you're like oh, no no other director can really show me this yeah just the simple moments that no director shows people's hands <laughs> no he's the only one a feat yeah. now this there one, are some. Uh, yes as always I give you a little content warning here this is rated r for language and some sexual content I think there's like 75 F words in this thing. No big deal. But uh, VidAngel has it. Tuesday. Just another Sunday morning for <laughs> Sunday morning. And it's on, wow. it's on the ClearPlay DVD uh. and Blu-ray as well. So yeah, VidAngel and ClearPlay, you can get that. But I actually own a copy of this uh, from back in the CleanFlix days. And we've loaned it out to so many people because I'm like, you know, who, who want to see it? Because I'm like, yeah. you got to check this out. So Silver Linings Playbook is my number seven. My number six is also going to be quite pleasing to Kent's palate because it is a, an indie comedy drama from 2017. Uh, you're never going to guess. It stars Kumal Nagiani. Oh, nice. You're never going to guess who it is. Uh, it's actually the big, the big sick. Yes. So, uh, the what now? The big sick. Oh. This, this is a synopsis. Pakistan-born comedian Kumal Nagiani and grad student Emily Gardner fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. The big sick. When Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Kumal finds himself forced to face her feisty parents, his family's expectations, and his true feelings. Wasn't this an Oscar nominee or something? Yeah, it was actually nominated for a Best Original Screenplay. It lost to Get Out. That's what I remember. Yeah, it was a big Sundance movie the year it came out. Yeah. You haven't seen this then, Jake. No. So this one, this one's kind of interesting because it is once again kind of a romantic comedy. If it wasn't a Best Picture nominee, then yeah. Well, it starts out like okay. One of the a pet peeve of mine 
is movies about comedians. Right. Because the jokes they tell. They're never funny. No, it's like, I'm like, well, they would never make it big with those jokes. And I don't know why they're saving their material. Like, it's terrible. And this movie started out kind of like that, where it's like this standard, low-budget indie movie about a comedian. And then it morphs into something great. And just to give a little bit more about the plot, because that synopsis was just, eh, okay. it's, It's painful to watch at times, because he is this comedian who he meets this girl and it seems to go good and then bad and then she falls into a coma well so they okay this is this Hate is when that happens this is on the trailer but uh he he's dating this girl they break up yeah and then she gets sick and he's the emergency contact for some reason like the hospital calls him or he finds out i can't remember exactly what happens right now but then so he goes there and he has to notify the parents that their daughter's in a coma and they come to help and he's like I'm going to stick around. And they're like, you broke up with her. Why are you sticking around? He's like, I'm going to stick around. And then they kind of just basically. It's like while you were sleeping without the lies. And the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the coolest thing is, though, is that this is based. So half as interesting as while you were sleeping. Yeah, pretty much. And then no eyebrows with Peter Gallagher. Uh. This is based on a true story of Kamal Najiani and his girlfriend. I'm pretty sure so as while you were sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So his his Emily V. Gordon and Kamal Najiani wrote this and they loosely based it on their romance. There's Mm -hmm. some things they change about it. But it's this is pretty much what happened that she went into a coma and they didn't know what to do and he'd broken up with her and it was this awkward thing. So this is just one of those I, I saw I actually heard about the story before I ever heard, on a podcast, before I ever watched the Don't movie. Ever listen to those. No. Nope. I belly laughed multiple times during this movie, and then I cried a couple times too. Of course you did. Because there is one joke that I will not even reference, but that is so inappropriate. And I died laughing. Is it, a, one is it the, the one that killed Joel? It was the 9-11 joke. Yeah. You, that's the thing. Is like, it's one of those that you're like, can we joke about that? But they, they pulled they do. it off. It turned out well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Kent, what's your number six? My number six, it came out in 2010. It's another Edgar Wright feature. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm, that's a fun one. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. This stars Michael Sarah and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Among a ton of other people, Brandon just Ralph, small roles. Uh, Chris Evans. Yes, Chris Evans is Lucas Lee. This is my favorite role of his he, by far. I was just going to say he's one of my favorite parts of that movie. Is, is Chris Evans? In so he's hilarious. the second evil boyfriend, and uh, he is great. This movie, for some people, I could see it being aggressively annoying. It was an Be- acquired taste for me. It, it was. Well, okay, so I sure. I enjoyed the video game aspect of it, but some parts just didn't, I didn't like that much. It didn't have a great flow for me. It was yeah. like the narrative flow was kind of weird and it was like, it was like singular experiences kind of pieced together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm enjoying this experience, but then the, the flow wasn't there. But then the next time I watched it, I liked it more. Did you? Yeah. yeah. This is another one where you have to see it two times at least. Yeah. Edgar Wright is crafting an experience. Mine all one time, I want to point out. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never want to watch it again. <laughs> but he, what he's doing is adapting this graphic novel, which is really popular among a cult fan base. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But it was a passion project for him. And he created a visual graphic novel more than any other movie or TV show has done before and since. You see sound effects happen. You feel and, you know, the, the colors... And the visuals in this movie, dream sequences, uh, the music, just the, like it's all good. the violence. It is, <laughs> it is that really violence. violence. <laughs> and like every battle is different with the violence. Like there's like a battle of like actual fighting. There's wits, deception. Uh, there's, there's dragons people, coming out of speakers. Right. And it's almost, uh, they compare this to like a mo- movie musical, but with violence at the same time. And there is music in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's all referencing nerdy stuff that we love here. Like... NES games. Mm-hmm. Like every band is based off a, of an NES game. If you're a game. fan of fighting video games, this is definitely one you should check out. Yeah. 
And Scott himself, I would say I don't love Michael Sarah in the role because he's never quite You're in love not with Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. What? Now I wish it was someone else because well, he's always a little mopey. You you said that you've read the comics and you weren't this what his version of Scott Pilgrim wasn't what you pictured Scott Pilgrim yeah. to be. He's a little more confident in the comic book. And in this one he was I mean not he wasn't George Michael, but still. He was still Michael Sarah. And but Scott, he is a great character because he's he's pathetic. You don't really want to agree with them ever, but seeing him go through this journey, which is just ludicrous. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the fact that they pack so much into a two hour experience and really is just kind of like, this is, is like part of the a reason straight up like this is because you rush. knew the comic already. Yeah. And I read it because I knew Edgar Wright was making the movie for it. Uh, okay. And so it really helps. But there are other experiences, yeah, for example, kick arse where I read the graphic <laughs> novel <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not good. And the movie just made it, the graphic novel yeah. actually kind of good, or at least made that experience. Listen, better. you haven't talked about the violence for a while. Can we get back to that? The violence. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like Scott Pilgrim versus the world is a visual masterpiece yeah. as and far as a, what it intends to do. And that's a PG 13 as well. It is PG 13. Yeah. Number five is from 2014. It's Kingsman, the secret service. Oh, a spy organization recruits an unrefined but promising street kid into the agency's ultra-competitive training program just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius. Directed by Matthew oh, Vaughn. Oh no, tech geniuses. Star, starring Colin Firth, <laughs> Taron Edgerton, and Samuel L. Jackson. This movie is one that I kind of had to consult with Joel for because it is an action movie. Yes. Yes. We did, we did talk about this one because... Speaking of violence. Speaking of violence. violence. Oh my gosh. I think the part... It, that got me about this one is at the end, there's this huge, amazing action climax sequence. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing all the way through it because it was so over the top ridiculous. And yes. so we decided it would probably fit better in the comedy than the action. And there are things here where they try to make it just intense, like the training that these students have to go yeah. through. In fact, a fun fact on this one, when they did the, uh, they were sleeping and then also the room filled up with water right. and they had to find a way out. Mm-hmm. So that really happened on accident. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, he actually said like, he shouted action, computer got it wrong, and everyone was 20 feet underwater. Like the cameras, the sound guys, everyone was just stuck. And so they had to like, like actually like um, unlock the room and... Like drain it all out. Yeah, drain it all out. And he said Jeez. the actors weren't acting. They were absolutely terrified. It was an awful, and it was the first day of filming. Oh, God. Whoa. Yeah. So it started the first day with that? Yeah. Hey, everyone, we're going to drown you today. Welcome to the set. (laughs) (laughs) It's Kingsman. But even like the the church scene, which is so shockingly violent, shocking would be the right word. Yes. Because you, for me, that's kind of where I go, oh, oh my gosh, they can't do that. You can't do that. (laughs) But it's, that's humor to me that I am so taken aback. Mm -hmm. The escapism has worked so much that it kind of makes me giggle a little bit right violence as we know Kent giggles at violence and then that's the main takeaway here kids as as joel described the end of this movie it's so bombastic <laughs> nice word yes that you can't help but appreciate the choreography that happens well it's not it's it's cartoony yes oh yeah you know yeah it's, and like yeah. they're playing pomp and circumstance at the same time and i do think this is like a like it maybe this is juvenile with the classy edge or maybe it's classy with the juvenile edge this whole movie uh, and I do think like it's not as immature as Matthew Vaughn's other movie, which I'm not going to mention as one of my favorites, but Kick Arse. That movie is straight up juvenile the whole time. Right. And while I can appreciate the humor, especially like I can relate to it in my teenage years, this is one that I will remember more and I like more as well. Well, and 
we we did. I want to clarify too that we talked about Kick Arse and Kingsman specifically. Yes, we decided King was more, Kingsman was more comedy and Kick Arse was more action. That yes, kind of where we drew the imaginary line. And made. I do think the satire is a little bit more long lasting because did like, the sequel ruin it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I, I which think, one exactly? They well, there's had, a new one we haven't seen yet. They both had lackluster sequels. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, which one was worse? That's a show we could do. No, it's not a show. <laughs> no one will want to hear it. <laughs> but Manners Maketh Man and Kingsman is my number five choice. All right. So my number five, we're going to start our uh, list of uh, movies that Kent has already mentioned. It's Bridesmaids. Nice. Oh. So I, in my top five, I put Bridesmaids because this was one that caught me off guard because I was like, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's going to be goofy. But it surprised me that it actually had a heart. It's not mm-hmm. just about the gross-out comedy and the vulgar stuff. That's there. Yes. Um, this is this is a pretty hard R. Uh, it's, it is available, by the way, on Clearplay DVD and VidAngel. This one, though, like I said, Melissa McCarthy was absolutely hilarious movie. Uh, Kristen Wiig was hilarious. Rose Byrne, I adore in this movie because she's, yeah. she's not playing it as a comedian. She's literally playing it as like, uh, I don't know, just this... Kind of a conniving friend. Yeah. Yes. It's like she's not playing for laughs. You really, you kind of like, oh, I know a person like that. And we've already talked about this one, so I'm not going to go into it too much. But I thought that this one was so funny. And I do own this one because I was really impressed with... It's got a good message at the mm-hmm. end. And it's got these really well-done performances. And it's got some hilarious, hilarious moments, including the wedding dress Indeed. Uh, but this was actually nominated... Uh, Melissa McCarthy was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Wow. And she lost to Octavia Spencer really? for the help. So, you know, either or. Yeah. <laughs> either yeah. or. Close call. We can see that. Yeah. Not for Ma, though. Yeah. So I don't want to go on to it too much, but uh, let's talk about Bridesmaids. And then that's my number five. Okay. okay. Moving on to number four. Number one, four. The one Ken has already mentioned. It's Kingsman, the Secret Service. Nice. All right. So this was one where I loved how over the top it was because this... It doesn't take itself seriously, and I think that's why I think it's a comedy, because yes. it's not trying to be serious. There's literally a character who has swords for legs, <laughs> and she's running around on gazelle. these swords. Gazelle. Isn't that interesting anymore? I mean, we've <laughs> all seen that like, now. She's yeah. jumping and flipping and cutting people with her legs, and you're like, what is this? This is so funny. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He's this horrible villain, and he has this hilarious lisp the entire time. Yep. He's like, what? I don't mean I'm going to do it. I was going to do it, but I decided against it. But this this uh, this movie this project originated when uh, Mark Millar and Matthew Vaughn were at a bar discussing how the spy genre had just become too serious, mm-hmm. like because people are just taking themselves too seriously. And not to point fingers, but James Bond, obviously, right? They took James Bond as this over the top crazy spy and turned it into Daniel Craig as much more grounded, much more realistic, which people and apparently liked. the new one coming is doubling down on that. And the, they, that's the thing is they've gone serious and yeah. then you get Jason Bourne also very kind of yes. grounded in reality. So going back to the 60s. So like, let's go crazy. And I think that's why I really enjoyed it. It's it's witty dialogue, made me laugh the entire time. I love how prim and proper Colin Firth is in this movie with mm-hmm. whole manners make it the man. Yes. I, I just watching the trailer again in preparation for this movie. I'm like, I got to watch this movie again because I really like Kingsman. The it's Service. so good. All right, Kent. You're number four. My number four came out in 2017. It is The Death of Stalin. Wow. Hilarious. It really is hilarious. Is this a comedy? It is. It is. It's it's is it is it a dark comedy? Yeah. Jeffrey Tambor, Steve Buscemi. Like it's intentionally done as a comedy. I I I, like I've heard of the title. It's like Monty Python take on Soviet Russia. It's very it's steeped in political humor, if that's your thing. And I did I think you're underselling it. 
Well, the thing is, I didn't like this one as much. So I'm surprised yeah. it's so high on yours. I couldn't help but just there are moments like when they so it's the death of Stalin when Stalin is seemingly dead on the ground and has wet himself and they're worried about picking him up like who's going to roll him over basically or don't kneel on the carpet right there and it's this whole five minute scene where they they talk about i just like the awkwardness of death and it is sorry and it's not that funny like i said i'm gonna butcher hilarious but it everything about it is so dark like they'll talk about genocide in one scene and then do something like wildly inappropriate the next they're all striving for political power here and there's so much humor as far as just like none of them are using a Russian accents. In fact, no. the director was like, really, don't use Russian accents because you'll focus too much on your performance. Yeah, you got like, you got like just Steve have Buscemi fun. Just talking like Steve Buscemi. And he's like, and he's Khrushchev. Yeah, he's so Russian. It's, it's hilarious. But just that part was funny. the dialogue itself is brilliant, honestly. It's uh, very and, quick pace, very quick, like quick dialogue yeah. back and forth. And it gives you a history lesson of stuff you'd never know about. And a lot of these things actually happened. Like at the beginning of the movie, they, they have this orchestra scene where Stalin's not able to hear it. So they have to, the orchestra has to start over or they don't like what it's happened like this there. It's like radio performance mm-hmm. that he missed and they have to recreate it for Stalin. Huh. And so bring everyone back in peasants off the street. They bring into the to the audience so they can hear the applause. It's like everyone reveres him so much. And when he actually dies, there's a power vacuum where they all are just backbiting against each other. And it's this great game of politics. Hmm. I find it so funny. The I'm dialogue actually is so crisp. They, they, it's, this is actually What's the content like. Oh, it's it's our. Yeah. Yeah. Easily yeah. editable. It's a few words. Yes. In there. OK. And so it is based on a French graphic novel, actually. Like, it's not just straight-up history. It's yeah. more stylized than history-based History, based history as well. with liberties. Yeah, definitely. But I'm into that. this one, to me, is... It tickles my funny bone. Uh, that's your number... What number you four. four. So you're at number three. So we're to top three now, Joel? Top three now. Top three. My number three of is a coming-of-age movie from of 2013. Eighth grade again. It's eighth grade again. It's a sequel. That's a sequel. <laughs> oh. She has to repeat the grade. So it's the way, 8. way 5 back. grade. Ah, way, way back. Way, Shy way back. 14 year old Duncan <laughs> goes on summer vacation with his mother, her overbearing boyfriend and her boyfriend's daughter. Having a rough time fitting in, Duncan finds an unexpected friend in Owen, manager of the Water Wiz Water Park. So it's about a kid who works at Water Park to get self-confidence. I remember Sam this. Rockwell. You love this movie. Yeah, I Sam Rockwell. love this movie. Here's, here's yeah. the funny thing is that when Ken and I were t- discussing movies mm-hmm. that we were going to choose, I threw this one out there as an example of a movie I really liked but couldn't remember a lot about. So I, was, yeah. I wasn't going to include it in my top 10. I was just going to put it in honorable mentions. Not thinking that he would actually put it in his Number top three. three. Oh, top three. Wow. I, I love this movie. Then. Obviously, I'm biased towards Sam Rockwell in anything. Like, he's a great dramatic actor. In this one, his comedic timing is perfect. He's, he's almost just this like loaf of a person. He's like, like he's like the manager at or like yes. the supervisor rather at this water park. But he's just wildly inappropriate to everybody and everything. Well, like wildly inappropriate, like letting kids do crazy things on the water slide. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go, he'll like encourage like, them. No problem. Yeah. And he's just like a, a big kid that will never grow up, which is why he and this 14 year old Duncan are like such good friends because yeah. they're just both really quite immature. It's probably my favorite uh, Sam Rockwell comedic role. I mean, because he has a lot of great dramatic roles as well. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Took the joke right out of my mouth. Nah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, it takes place over over summer at a water park, which is basically my youth. So I really yeah, did. Yeah, that kinda, makes it easy to connect. Yes. And I was pretty insecure as well. And maybe considered myself oh. a three or four. But that connection. I was a social, social zero. Beach. Yeah. But fun fact about this one. So the water park is called Water Wiz. And also in the first Grown Ups, uh, the what? water park. That's a terrible name for a park. The water park they go to in Grown Ups is also called Water, Wh- water Wiz. Both movies star Maya Rudolph. 
So this is happening in the same universe. I think this is in the Sandlerverse. I I hate that. This way you like it. Oh, (laughs) I really do hate that. (laughs) But yeah, the way, way back. If you haven't seen it, it's actually really good. Definitely watch it. Is that one PG-13 or is that one R? It is PG-13. Okay. I just made that up, but I, I feel like that's I don't correct. Think it is. I don't remember. I don't remember. It, it is. is. I, don't, I don't remember that. Probably. One a ton of offensive material. This is a coming of age thing, though, it's right? Yeah, PG-13. Yeah. Tony Collette, Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, My Rudolph. Uh, written by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who also do a lot of community episodes as well. Oh, my gosh. I just remembered a part from this. When you okay, Steve go on. Carell. No, no, no. It's, just, it's a heart-wrenching part, though. Yes. Because like, that's the thing. This will pull your heartstrings. It will. I remember like any good coming of age story Steve, will Steve Carell plays the step and any good comedy really mm-hmm. and he's just yeah he has some lines he's not great he cuts you to the bone yes I cuts the kid to the bone I guess all right my number three number three Joel entering my top three now I want, I want to share something with you gentlemen okay ready I want you to picture that you're picturing on a, on a Disney cruise with your family and that you're enjoying yourself on this Disney cruise. Not a sponsor, by the way. Can yet, I close my eyes yet, for this? Jacob. Oh. And you're having a wonderful, wonderful time. And then you realize that you can watch first-run movies on the ship in a giant theater. Moana. And how wonderful would that be? So then just all that positive experience. And I want you to roll that up. And then imagine that you're watching The Muppets. Mm. Oh, okay. That's From 2011. 2011. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I saw this on a Disney cruise with my family. So that's going to elevate my experience because I was already in a fantastic mood. And then I got to watch a, a lot like an in-theater run movie on a ship. It was this great comeback for the it Muppets. It was. So if you don't know what the Muppets is, it's actually, I think the... Thanks, Jason Siegel. <laughs> yes. It is the seventh theatrical film featuring the Muppets. And this is essentially getting the Muppets all back together because people had forgotten about the Muppets. And this one stars uh, Jason Siegel, Amy Adams, Chris Cooper, Rashida Jones, and a ton of cameos. And this one, it made me feel like a kid again. Like Jason Siegel's passion, because he is passionate about the Muppets. Yes. He's the one who pitched this movie. And the movie is essentially him doing what he's doing in the movie. Yeah. Which is like, I want to bring the Muppets back together and let the world remember. It's kind of great because in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which came out last decade, right. he wrote Dracula the musical, and it was a puppet musical. Yes. And so he's always been inspired by the muppets I'm and sorry. then he got to work on this whoa he wrote dracula the, the puppet mu- musical the puppet in, in forgetting Sarah which is very r-rated okay, okay but he loves the muppets and he was able to work on something like this oh, it was awesome to see but this is a loving tribute to the muppets that is not overly sappy it's quick it's uh, the jokes are plentiful and it just it felt it reminded me of how much i love the muppet movies this is actually top three Muppet movies for me. Yeah, and I agree. You're going, I go, I go movie Muppet, the Muppet movie, the Muppet Caper, the Muppets, and then Muppets. Save it for Muppet our Christmas Carol. Muppet show. Oh yeah, we probably should do a Muppet <laughs> show these days. But like, there's certain jokes like maniacal laugh yeah. that I've actually heard people reference many times after the movie came out. And this was nominated for a won, it won an Oscar for best original song for Brett McKenzie's Manor Muppet, which I've often wondered. Between Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement, who is the more successful uh, Flight of the Concords member? Because Jermaine Jermaine Clement has been in a lot of movies, but yes. a lot of bad movies. And then Brett McKenzie has an Oscar, so I wonder if he just like kind of holds that over his head. I like, feel like he should. I got an Oscar. Yes, but uh, yeah. So this movie, Muppets, I pure enjoyment. Like I never give five stars on a first viewing because I'm like it has to hold up under such. But you were viewings. on a cruise. This was a four and a half star. This was as high as it could possibly get. And you were like, no, I really want to give it five stars. Yeah. Next time I see you, yeah, on a cruise. So you just haven't watched it again? No, I have a couple times. And truth be told, over the years, maybe a little. It's I, I kind of see the flaws a little bit more now. But that initial magic and the way I've talked about it since. Oh, Muppets Most Wanted. That's fun. Your thoughts? No, no, don't like it at all. No, <laughs> but Muppets. 
That's my number three. Okay. Number Back three. Back. All right. Number two. One that Kent hasn't talked about. Okay. Woohoo. But he may. Because wow. this came out two years ago. We actually brought it up. We already talked about this on episode 187 of Bacon Sale, and it was my number two best of 2018. And it's my number two best here. It's Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, great choice. Yeah. So Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Four teenagers are sucked into a magical video game, and the only way they can escape is to work together to finish the game. Starring Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, Nick Jonas, and Bobby Cannavale. I like seeing his name. Um, <laughs> is that a tier one name? Tier two? Is, say it again. Bobby Cannavale. I don't know. How do you really pronounce his last name? C-A-N-N-A-V-A-L-E. Bobby Cannavale. This isn't interesting. They we're just here too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, terrible enough or good enough. So this was one where if you if you listen to Bacon Cell, you know that back in the day I was like, they're doing a Jumanji reboot. Yeah, why? Oh, why? And in fact, a lot of people thought that there were people that saying, I mean, they announced this movie, I think about a year after the death of Robin Williams. And people were like, that's just in bad taste. And one of the original actors actually called the re- the remake unnecessary and kind of insulting because everyone thought they were going to remake Jumanji with a video game. Yeah. Like that's but dumb came, in but concept. Then, but then all of a sudden this isn't a remake. This is a sequel. Yeah. Suddenly like crap's really funny. Everyone and go then watch it. The body switching yeah. was hilarious when you see like these awkward teenagers in like the rock it's body where it's like yeah. he's an awkward teenager or Jack Black. They were hilarious. Yes. And I really, really enjoyed it. And the whole time I thought to myself, I love what they're doing this movie because it can stand on its own. It could be its own movie. But then they make this like nice homage to the other movie, mm-hmm. to Jumanji. And actually, I like Zathura, too. So maybe I just like Jumanji movies. Yeah, you might like board game movies. Yeah, yeah maybe. Clue. <laughs> we'll make one. Yeah, he does like Battleship. I am concerned. He loves Battleship. Uh, by the way, actually, they, they made plans for a Jumanji sequel right after Jumanji came out. It was going to involve the president of the United States getting sucked into a, a game and the evil vice president was going to kind of take over like they had like a cast Wait, ready. from the 90s? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Like this, this was the original thing and then they rewrote it and rechanged it and then it became this thing eventually. But oh. yeah, I'm glad they waited. But oh. I think this is great and I'm actually kind of worried about the Jumanji The Next Level which is going to be Because it's bigger and more of the same. Like next month it's coming yes. out. But I hope... But they're old people this time. <laughs> <laughs> I hope... I hope that Polite one, laugh. <laughs> polite laugh. I hope that that one surprises me as much as this one did, because I really enjoyed Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Seeing Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart together is pretty comedic. They're a good they team. Are. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're watching Hobson Shaw. <laughs> he was barely in that. Kevin yeah. Hart was. Yeah, yeah, was enough. One scene. Yeah. Enough. All right, Kent, your number two? My number two came out in 2012. It's 21 Jump Street. That's a funny Knew one. Knew this one would happen. So Go on. instead of giving the synopsis, I just want to say this. We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s and revamping it for modern times. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity and are completely out of ideas. So all they do now is recycle crap from the past and expect us all not to notice. That is from Nick Offerman in 21 Jump Street. Yeah. It's said in the movie and you're going, oh my gosh, this movie gets what it is. Yeah. Like it's Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum in a movie about a show no one cares about anymore. But finding that Channing Tatum... Has this brilliant comedic voice. My name is Jeff. Which was in the sequel, 22 Jump Street. Oh, it was in 22. The, f- the only funny part from 22 Jump Street. Yeah, 22 Man, wasn't as good. comedy sequels are the worst. Yeah, really why are. even try? Really yeah, well, because money. Money. So this was directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who <clears throat> just know comedy. They do. They do. Do they do the sequel? Uh, yeah, Losers. So. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. But Channing Tatum. Was this like mumbly voiced? What happened to him? Remember when he used to do movies? 
Yeah, I don't really know anymore. Yeah. But he is Maybe so funny in this one. Probably. Give him a call, Jacob. See okay, let me see what's going on. Hold on. But what it does is like redefines high school stereotypes because these guys go go to high school and they're like, oh, these are the jocks and geeks. And everyone's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. that's not how high school is now. play to the stereotypes that used to be and they're not there anymore. Yeah. And the script is, is just so tight. It's self-aware, but it stands on its own. I know why you like this movie, though, Ken. Go on. I can't say why, though. There's a scene in this movie where they make reference to the television show and it is done in such a hilarious way it is that i'm like that's probably the moment that won you over if i had to guess there are so many moments that won me over this is actually even though it's my number two this is the funniest movie of the decade for me okay it's almost non-stop funny there's a scene where they're how is it funniest if it's number two because there's one i like more but this is laugh out loud funniest okay okay Okay. there's a scene where they are trying to make each other puke after they ingest drugs <laughs> and i dry heaving for me is my kryptonite like and so they stick each other's fingers in their mouths and they're sitting <laughs> kneeling above a toilet i i can't even i think about it and i dry heave and laugh at the same time yeah i love it so there are so many scenes in this movie there are a lot of good scenes. and in the sequel does have its moments but it is they even joke uh it's gonna be bigger and louder and has a bigger budget like yeah. yep that's what sequels do we get the joke mm-hmm. it's like scream for action movies yes and just the there's great action in this one as well. There's a there's a car chase which is hilarious, but also intense at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, see it. Very rated R, but yeah. also editable. I think believe that's unclear. Play yeah. the angels. Very right. edible. edible. I think you would miss out a lot of the comedy. Mostly with just language. Hmm. Like mostly it is just language in that movie. And there's a but that's all that's where all the yeah, humor there's a weird is. scene at the end where they have to jump over. But yes, yeah. but yeah, hilarious. Hold on, hilarious. Hilarious. All right, honorable mentions. Oh, so mentions? You, you got down to number two as well, Joel, right? Okay. Yeah. So we're on all of our mentions. I'll give mine because mm-hmm. I have a ton and Ken already stole most of my thunder. Uh, so from 2000, but I, I want to mention, by the way, well, I'll get to that later. Uh, 2010, I put uh, Tangled in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Nice. Uh, 2011, I actually gave an honorable mention to Rio. Surprisingly funny. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, 2012, Saint The Bird Ma- Movie? Yeah. It didn't make my, I, it didn't make my list. It's with Macaws? I know. Jesse Eisenberg, for some reason. Thought it was funny. Rio. Real. Can we talk about that? For yeah, a hold while? on. Let's break this down. Pause real quick. <laughs> Jermaine Clement was pretty darn funny as the evil cockatiel. He's been in every animated movie since. I know. Mm. He's got a great voice. Rio. Uh, he does have two, a great voice. From 2012. <laughs> from 2012. Rio 2? Safety Not Guaranteed and Wreck It Ralph. From 2013, I have The World's End and The Way Way Back. You're uh, really leaning on these animated those. Yeah, I know. Well, because they didn't get a shout out anywhere else. 2015, Man from They Uncle. could have. We're in charge, you 2016, know. 2016, Deadpool and Sing Street. 2017, Lady Bird, Thor Ragnarok and Logan Lucky. And 2018, Eighth Grade and Instant Family. Okay. Logan so, Lucky. Forgot oh, about that. 2019, yesterday. I give an honorable mention that too. So Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the way, I think 2017 was probably the strongest year for comedies, in my opinion. Of the weakest decade, it's the strongest year. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's, it's, well, that's the thing is that's where a lot of mine came from. Like the big sick, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle and Paddington 2 all came from 2017. Nice. But uh, yeah, there's some bad ones out there too. Like I'm looking at this list. I have some worse like. Oh, there's terrible McGruber ones. Gruber and, and uh, Happy Land Murders and uh, Uncle Drew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Masterminds. Right, Kent, oh. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions for me is Seven Psychopaths with Colin Farrell. Oh, I saw written that Written by Martin McDonough. Uh, this one is. Did not see that? No. It's great. Uh, same guy who wrote and directed In Bruges. Okay. With much I like of the same cast. Very meta movie, but. In Bruges wasn't this decade, was it? No, it was last decade. Yeah, that was real good. It's great. Tangled, uh, Kick Arse. The Big Sick. He did an animated too. Yeah, well, Tangled is so funny to me. Yeah. He but does the smolder. Kent does yeah. the smolder. It's why I do the smolder. Uh, there's a movie called God Bless America, which is really funny, and it's a dark comedy. Uh, the Other Guys, 
Strange, I know. Will yeah. Ferrell movie. That, that, that's it. probably like my favorite with him, honestly. Yeah. yeah oh, that, that was one of the honorable mentions I cut. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I have that on there. Uh, the Disaster Artist, The Nice Guys, The Muppets, Horrible Bosses, which I kind of find funny. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Huh. Colin Farrell in that movie is yeah. hilarious. Uh, Deadpool and Silver Linings Playbook. Hey. So, Joel and I. Did you guys not like Central Intelligence? Is that what it's called? It. Central Intelligence? I didn't see it. Oh. I didn't see it. Oh my gosh, it's funny. Stop it. No, is that, no. Is that your number one for the decade? It's, it's my number one for the decade. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I watch so few. Like this is, it's a straight comedy. And I mean, this is The Rock and Kevin Hart. And honestly, it's probably, it's it's playing up. It's a whole movie playing up their their charisma, their chemistry. And it works. It's funny. Like there's lines in there I still think about. I've seen it twice. Tell us about some of these lines. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, like Joel said, you think you about it, but really, it's more paraphrased in your really brain. You can't really do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacob, I, I will watch that one on your recommendation. You should. You genuinely should. It's funny. Listener, go watch that one. Let Doesn't me know. Doesn't have the same kind of setup as Ryan Reynolds' What's That yeah, Friend yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where uh, The Rock is like a chubby kid, basically. Yeah, so he's he, he's this really fat kid that mm-hmm. is like singing. Just Friends, and they throw that, him. Yeah. yeah, Just Friends. They throw him out in front of the auditorium, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then he becomes the rock like 20 years later. But that's he's, hilarious. But he is. Uh, it is funny. Can't it is funny. <laughs> You're in my tone. <laughs> I put it on my list. I'm going to awesome. watch it's it. It's in awesome. his DVD Netflix queue. No, no, so no, the no, rock, no, it's streaming. So on the rock, the rock is a crazy guy in this. Like he's he's like mentally off. And you're like, he's he's crazy. And, and like Kevin Hart is like straight laced accountant. And he was like the cool guy in high school. And now. So anyway, it's funny. It's genuinely funny. That sounds great. But can we talk about Rio real quick? <laughs> <laughs> watch it. OK, it's funny. OK. Uh, it got an honorable did you, mention. Did, you guys. did you finish your honor? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. Okay, so I'm going to do my number one first, if you, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, go for it. Because we've already mentioned it. Game night. Game night. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so funny. So game night was one that I, I, I told Kent as I was creating this list, I kept being like, this, this can't be right. Like, I, I kept feeling weird about putting game night as my number one. But the truth is, that is the movie that I've recommended to the most people. That is the movie I probably reference the most. Just the scene alone where they're, doing, they're trying to remove a bullet. From Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams trying to remove a bullet yeah. from Jason Bateman's arm, and they keep dry heaving. There yep. you go, Kent, your favorite yep. thing. Oh man, so good. And they're like, "No, oh, don't dry heave. You'll make me dry heave." But uh. it's just so funny. Like even he's like, he's getting stuff out of the bag. She's like, "I didn't, they didn't have any rubbing alcohol, so I got this wine." And he's like, "Oh, you're great, honey." And he's like, "What's this good housekeeping magazine for?" She's like, "Oh, there's this corn chowder recipe I wanted to look up later. It looked really good." <laughs> and they're in the middle of a crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's bleeding. But I just thought this movie was absolutely funny. I, I, I really did think it was just it, okay. So I, I just want to read my review for this movie, okay. if I may. It's got some puns in here. Um, when it comes to dark comedies, Game Night plays its cards right. Let's see what I did there. What? No, explain. Well, are you patting Jason, yourself on the back? <laughs> Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams make a great team, and Jesse Plemons is absolutely hilarious. I found myself laughing out loud much more than I thought I would. The fun twists and turns do require some suspension of dis- disbelief, but then again, so do most role-playing games. If you're in the mood for a laugh, I definitely recommend rolling the dice and watching this movie. Oh, so yeah, that's a good this this and this is I was going to say this is our for language sucker references and, and violence. That it, was Ken's favorite part. It's so. on it's on clear play violence. TV and streaming. <laughs> violence. Watch it there. VidAngel doesn't have this one, but this one was one. It caught me by surprise. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And as even as I was like looking up the story for this movie, uh, for this uh, episode and mm-hmm. watching the trailer, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I need to watch this one again as soon as possible because I think it's funny. So Game Night was my number one movie it a is comedy great of the past decade yes so it's such a surprise i do i was gonna say i'm just running through my list i think it's pretty funny that i went from like early it's like moana and paddington and then i'm like kingsman secret service and all rated Game r night like these hard r's and then these soft g's see i'm gonna yeah. stick with pg-13 on mine because that's oh, just who i am okay <laughs> 
<laughs> Get done. PG thirteen. Yeah. He's nothing else if PG thirteen. Uh, so we've mentioned PG thirteen dating. Can we say that? Yeah, actually, accurate. <laughs> all right, all right. TV fourteen. Actually, TV, TV fourteen dating. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Hold on. Let's pause real quick. Get away with a lot in TV fourteen, Joel. No, what's, what's the difference between PG thirteen and TV fourteen? I don't want to get into it here. Okay. Tell us your number one. <laughs> you mentioned my number I'm one curious. in your honorable mentions. I did. It's wait, wait, wait. I, what, can I guess? Well, I just said his first letter. You said S. That doesn't give me much, but I'm going to guess it's safety not guaranteed. It's Sing Street. Ow. Oh, dang it. I thought it was funny. I yeah, I mean, come on. Once yeah. again, a coming of age movie because I'm obsessed with them. So. Certainly. Decade dance. Yeah. And coming you, of age. You debated on this one because you weren't sure if it was a comedy or not. Yeah. Very dramatic. Yeah, well, not very and dramatic, singing. but dramatic. How is that a comedy? At the end. Well, so jokes are made at some point. Musical or comedy? It's a Golden Globe category right there. So why That's wouldn't true. that be? Uh-huh. Well, it's also because these kids. Oh, you, you, you can talk about it, Kent. Uh, so a boy growing up in Dublin during the 1980s escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes. This movie is an 80s nostalgia kick. But it's more for music and less uh, the technology that we see in like Stranger Things, for example. I mean, you talked about this for like weeks after it came out. Like, so you I this. saw this one probably, you know, I'm going to do this and be like, I saw this at Sundance about six months before mm. it came out. And I, I couldn't even get the song. But the riddle of the model, I couldn't get that song out of my head for six months. And I'm like, that's the one. That's the one. Drive it, it like you stole it. Is Drive it like you stole that's, it is the song jam. with last ability mm. and is kind of the theme of the movie. But when I saw that scene play out, the music video shot of Riddle of the Model, everything that goes into it, whether it's their makeup, their costumes, the, least, the cowboy with vampire teeth smiling yeah. at the end. These are these are it. It <laughs> makes me giggle. These are junior. Honestly. Like if you if you've ever like you were a kid, if you ever made a music video with your friends, yes, which we have, you will totally. I have a ton of those actually. Yeah. My friends I used to do it all the time. But you'll totally relate to this because these kids are like trying to take themselves seriously as musicians. Yes. But it's so terrible. I mean, not terrible, but I mean, it's cheesy the way they're yeah. doing it. And it's so realistic because of that. It's low budget. And what's nice is these kids are actual musicians. Like they were hired because they were musicians, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice, but it really worked. They that's can cool. act as well. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And it the theme is a little more dramatic. And that's why I kind of struggled with it because it's all about like how music can help create emotion. For example, these kids were not brave enough to say what they felt, but they used music to say what they wanted to. Yeah. And it, like the theme of brotherhood in this movie, like for example, the older brother played by Jack Rayner is this amazing Obi-Wan type character where he is spouting wisdom based on music from the seventies and eighties. And it's going to turn out well. It's well, it did. And it does. Uh, it, it's actually kind of brilliant. Like it's just sage wisdom, okay. honestly. Yeah. And yeah, once again, coming of age and very dramatic, but this one makes me smile the entire time, even through the dramatic stuff, just knowing how heartfelt this picture is for the director and the cast. I'm bugged at myself. Why? Because I heard this and I went with Safety Not Guaranteed when Sing Street was right yeah. there next to it. And yeah. as this is the theme in the movie, this movie is happy, sad. Like there are dramatic elements to it, but I like you have to indulge in the sadness and see the happiness. Well, I mean, the it's sadness, happy, sad. It's the it's. That's what emotion's about, is you open yourself with the happiness, and then yeah. you allow What percentage sadness. comedy is this? It's like listening to The Cure and enjoying it. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but on some dark eye makeup. Uh, as far as comedy, it's really more just charming. And I would say it's almost half and half. Okay. Yeah, charming. That, that yes. sounds about right from your description. That's mm-hmm. why I was asking. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple parts you are going to laugh at. It, just the, the interactions with how, the awkward teenagers trying yes. to impress this girl, which is pretty funny. Right. It was, it was also kind of funny. The director actually said he doesn't care for the ending he shot because really? it ends. 
like on an inspirational note. Mm-hmm. And he wanted it to go much darker. And this mm-hmm. this was robbed at the Academy Awards yes. too. Oh, one hundred percent. This has a fantastic soundtrack. One of the probably one of the best soundtracks of the entire decade. Yes, save for our soundtrack show. Uh, but it didn't even get nominated. Yeah, not one nomination. Drive for it any like song. you stole it is an incredible song. That's I bought. And that the scene song. in the movie is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually watched one time. I <laughs> I watched an animated GIF. They had an animated GIF from the movie of them dancing in the room in the dance room. Yeah. And the music was playing in my ears already. And so then I just watched the GIF, the whole song. And it you matched, did? It matched it perfectly. Just okay. Like, this is your life. You can't go anywhere. Oh, so good. If you haven't seen these movies, I, I'd recommend every single Skip one em. of these. What? What? Skip them. I would watch <laughs> Central Intelligence them, first. Skip them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. You should listen. To, you should watch that one uh, first. Can you want to run through your top 10 again? Yeah, my top 10? After Central Intelligence. <laughs> Which apparently I need no, to listen, watch. No, listen. You guys need to watch this. And you're going to tell me if it breaks the top 10. Ken, I know it won't for you. Joel, it might for you. We'll see. Okay. All right. So The World's End, Eighth Grade, Bridesmaids, Game Night, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Kingsman The Secret Service, The Death of Stalin, The Way Way Back, 21 Jump Street, and Sing Street. And Have you seen Harold and Maude yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. That wasn't this Way back decade. when. Way that back was from when? like the, the 70s. 70s. Jacob. This is the wrong no, 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 no. I know, but it just reminded me because when we first met, I brought it up and you hadn't seen it at that point. No, I saw it in college. Really? Yeah. I think you were talking about to me. Maybe it was you, Joel. I haven't seen it. Okay, maybe it was yeah. you. Okay. Uh, my top 10 were Moana, Paddington and Paddington 2, The Lego Movie, Silver Linings Playbook, The Big Sick, Bridesmaids, Kingsman, The Secret Service, The Muppets, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Game Night. So we matched on two. Yeah, Kings, but Kings, Kings, Kings. I think we can all agree, like every single movie on these lists needs to be seen. Because I do think that comedy has kind of taken a downfall in this, this decade. Decade dance. Or at least it's less objection i'm it less i don't know it's less out there it's complicated for sure it's very complicated it's very dramatic yeah sometimes you have to find it in action movies or horror movies but it's there and it should be discovered so check out every movie on this list and probably even the honorable mentions and this is why we do it exactly right even rio Nah. (laughs) (laughs) that was an honorable mention (laughs) rio too though that you got to check out oh no that actually wasn't as good all right, well, before we go, we'd like to give a shout out to our amazing patrons. Yay. You guys are awesome. First, from the I Am The Listener category, we'd like to thank Terry Finley, A More Civilized Podcast, Stephen Ross, Adrian Gray, Chris Drott, Braden Winserton, Spencer Larson, Crew Dutler, Drew Cutler, whichever, Infido <laughs> Radio, Steve Peacock. Infendo Radio. In, oh, Infendo. Infendo. Yeah. It's all good. Barks. <laughs> Colton Cook, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Kilkowski, tier one, a tier one name, yeah. Jennifer, all the way. And from the Bacon Council, Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Matt's Mudro, and Reverse Listener. Who, all those Bacon Council members, will get two free tickets to Bacon Cell Night on November 16th. Yes, they will. And the rest of you Bacon Cell fans will get in for two for one. So bring a friend and come see us on November 16th at the Midbell Performing Arts Theater. We're going to be, be hanging great. out at... Uh, what's the name Cold of that? Cups. Uh, that forgettable place? Culver's yeah. in Midvale beforehand to get some ice cream. Drew Cutler's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confuse them. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're going to be hanging out there and getting some ice cream or fries or who knows what will happen. Both. Both. Yes. And, uh, and hanging cream. out, talking. Come give us a high five. Yeah. Um, come give Kent a good game and uh, we'll see you there. Take it you easy. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. Or you can find me performing with Quickwits, as we just mentioned. They perform every Saturday night at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers, and you can also find Bacon Sale on Twitter and on Instagram 
at Bacon Sale. You can find our merchandise, tpublic.com slash bacon sale. And you patrons uh, are amazing. And Thank if you, you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon sale, sign up. There are many different tiers uh, where you can come in, support us. Doesn't cost very much, and you can get some cool content and support us as a podcast. We really do appreciate it. And you guys are amazing uh, for how well Absolutely. you treat us. But before we go, I'd just like to say that I really hope that you have enjoyed this decade dance. That sounds great, but can we talk about Rio real quick? And I'm Jacob, the teller of jokes. We're <laughs> writing stories about you when you become patrons. Like a Greg Proops, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, you're oh, yeah. like a Kirkland we, Wayne Brady. We all know who these people are, <laughs> all of us. You're probably here for us, aren't you? I always think that anyways. <laughs> Comedies, decade dance. They say it along at home. Good job. Are you door now? Underlay. It was oh, hilarious so. when the grandma died. <laughs> what? Yeah. So here's the thing. What? what? The jokes about irrigation were hilarious. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. I understand. This is so good. It warms my freaking heart. The marmalade jokes get real dirty. Glory. It's like while you were sleeping without the lies, the yeah. violence. It is. <laughs> it is that really the violence. Violence. <laughs> violence. Yeah. Oh. Kent giggles at violence, but oh. they're old people this time. <laughs> <laughs> dry heaving for me is my kryptonite. I think about it and I dry heave and laugh at the same time. <laughs> Rio, surprisingly funny. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, 2012. Same the Bird time. movie? Yeah. It didn't make my it didn't make my list. It's with Macaws? I know. Jesse Eisenberg, for some reason. Thought it was funny. Rio. Rio. Can we talk about that? Yeah, hold while? on. Let's break this down. Pause real quick. <laughs> Jermaine Clement was pretty darn funny as the evil cockatoo. He's been in every animated movie since. I know. Mm. He's got a great voice. Rio. Uh, That's original. Completely <laughs> Jacob original. See, I'm going to yeah. stick with PG-13 on mine, because that's oh. just who I am. Okay. <laughs> Get done. PG-13. <laughs> yeah. He's nothing else than PG-13. TV-14, actually. TV-14. TV yeah. Ew. Hello. Hello. Hello, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> Hi, hi, Jake. Hey, what's up? Not much. How are you? Are we talking like this today? I'm doing so good. I think we need to do a show in falsetto. for the falsetto show. Who has a better falsetto? Not Kenny. Uh, my throat is scratchy tonight. 